Welcome to AB3 Speaks with Monica Antakia, the podcast on academic business and branding, where we talk about planning, building, running, and growing a business as Black academic women who want to share their knowledge with the world. I'm Takia Nur Amin, academic success strategist, dance scholar, and lover of all things luxury. I'm Monica A. Coleman, professor, religious leader, and mom to an active growing kid. We have over 25 years combined experience of sharing our academic knowledge beyond the classroom, and we're telling you all the things we wish someone had told us. We will share our values-led ways of monetizing your advanced education in today's global marketplace and highlight Black academic women who are doing this with excellence and flair. So stay hydrated. Make sure you have something to write on and write with because class is in session. On the syllabus today is part two of our discussion about exit plans. Last week, we talked about when to make an exit plan. And this week, we are talking about how to make an exit plan. Takia, will you share with our listeners about what we mean when we say exit plan? Yeah, I'm really excited that we're talking about this because I think the topic is timely, always timely for those of us who have overachieved and built careers and perhaps are thinking about making a pivot or moving in a new direction. But when other people say exit plan, that might not necessarily mean what we mean here at AB3. So when Monica and Takia are talking about exit plan, we are talking about a plan that changes your current employment, right? Something that exits you from what you are currently doing into something that is more helpful and sustainable for you. So this isn't just about switching jobs. This isn't just about how do I move from one industry to another industry. We are talking very specifically about you exiting your current employer into something that is more healthful and sustainable for you. Um, That might not be a, a popular definition, but that's really the focus that we have here is we try to help our listeners, um, use your knowledge in the marketplace in a way that not only is transformative in the lives of whomever you serve, but that also is sustainable and healthful for you. Um, When we're talking about how to make an exit plan and the components of that exit plan, one of the first pieces is to think about people who will support you throughout the transition. It is a big transition to go from one part of an industry to another or one part of an industry out of it completely into an entrepreneurial project or whatever it is that you might be envisioning. And before you make that leap, hear us, before you make that leap, think about who is available to support you throughout the transition. By support, I mean in all the ways you can think about it. Who might be there to support you emotionally? Who might be there to assist you financially? Um, You might be in a situation where you need to downsize um, costs. We'll talk about that. Is there someone who you can move in with during this time? I mean, really start to think creatively about the people in your life who you can talk to about this transition and who would be willing to offer you the support you need to actualize your plan. So, you know, I talked about this in previous podcasts. You know, I'm one of those people who likes to operate on a need-to-know basis. And I'd be keeping things real close to the vest. Takia laughs at me about this all the time. This is not one of those things you can keep close to your vest. You have to talk to people about what you're doing. Now, we're not saying tell people all of your business. But if you are afraid to network, 
If you are afraid to market, if you are afraid to share your ideas, you know, there are plenty of academics whose sweet spot is being in the lab and not talking to people (laughs) or being in the carols and the stacks of a library, not talking to people and writing and doing their research. And that's fine. But if you just don't want to talk to people ever, this is not going to be a good idea. So if this is something you might need to work on, but to think about, you will actually need to do some networking and you will need to do some marketing. And we talk a lot about this in AB3 because we know that marketing can be a little uh, daunting for those of us who aren't coming from perhaps business fields. Um, But you will have to market. And part of that is that you're going to have to market something that generates money. You're going to have to sell something and not just sell something, but sell something that somebody wants to buy. So you want to begin to think about, you know, the things that you know, the things that you're excited about, the things that you are an expert in, but you also need to align those with things that other people would want, other things that people would need. And it could be that maybe they don't know they need them and that's part of your marketing, but you really do have to make sure you've got some sense uh, and there's all types of ways you can kind of test this out that what it is that you're going to be offering in your exit plan is something that somebody else wants, somebody else and individuals or companies or communities are going to want or maybe even need, because you're going to have to talk about it. You're going to have to talk with people you know, ask for like, do you know somebody who knows somebody? Or did you share this or share that? You know, I'm thinking of one um, small business marketing guru who always says, you know, Email all your friends and tell them what you're doing and ask if they know somebody. Like that is literally part of the strategy. So that's something that you really need to think about getting used to when you're thinking of how you're going to do your exit plan. And very analogously to that is money. You got to think about money. You have to think about what your financial needs will be because you have financial needs. And we want to always to remember that you've got to think strategically about money and maybe in ways you haven't thought about before, particularly if you've worked for a company that's covering things that you don't always see. So if you think to yourself, well, I want to have a salary of $100,000, then you probably need to make $200,000 because you're going to have some expenses, you need to pay for taxes, you want to pay for your own health insurance or benefits. If those aren't coming from somewhere else, you want to be able to put some money into retirement, right? So your goal can't just be the number you want to take home or the number you want to spend. It needs to be almost twice that number. And so really think about your financial needs and try to think thoroughly about what it is that you're going to have to make in order to do what you need to do in your household or for yourself, So that might mean that you are going to look at your savings or you're going to start stockpiling some savings before, you know, as you lead up to your exit plan, you're going to make savings. You're going to look at your savings. You're going to see how long can I live out my savings if I made no money? When do I need to make X amount of money? You might live leaner, you know, cut back on some of your expenses, um, maybe while you're saving or even in the early parts of your exit plan. And of course, it's always good to have more than one source of income. 
And, you know, for some people, the exit plan is the majority of what they do. For some, it is part of what they do. And they have income coming from somewhere else, right? It could be coming from a variety of places. You may always hear things like multiple streams of income are important. But you do want to think about how you're going to have some income while the exit plan is getting developed and being built up to where you need it to be sustainable. Now, I was just going to say, don't underestimate your financial needs. You know, don't think about what you need just to live. Think about what you need to live in a way that um, sustains and supports the quality of life that you're moving towards. Nobody wants you to cultivate an exit plan that has you out here eating cat food or unable to take care of yourself at the level and at the quality that you want. And yes, there will be sacrifices that you have to make along the way. But as you are thinking about your financial needs, be honest with yourself about what they are. We are, we are adults and we do not apologize for our needs. Um, if you need, um, let's see, you know, I'm, I'm a fancy luxury person. I need uh, fancy inserts for my orthopedic shoes. I need, you know, my monogram lip gloss, whatever I need, you know, whatever it is that you have to have, <clears throat> make sure you think about that as you're crafting your exit plan and really thinking about what you need to sustain and support yourself at the quality of life that you have determined at this point. Don't let someone else tell you, well, you can just live on X and it's okay for you to Never have money to go out or buy a loved one a birthday gift or whatever it is that's important to you. You should have the money to do that within the context of the new plan that you're building for yourself. The next piece of this is we want you in an ideal set of circumstances to think gradually. You know, we're not telling you to go and have a bad day at work on Monday and decide you have an exit on Tuesday. Ideally, you've thought about this and you are gradually making that move towards shifting away from your current employer. In the best case scenario, it would be good for you to start part-time before moving full-time into whatever it is that's next for you. Now you want to, if it's, if it's about setting up a business, you can go back and look at or listen to um, our previous podcast episodes where we talk about the kind of nuts and bolts that are necessary to set up a sustainable business. Because you want to set your business up as if it was being run full-time from the beginning, even if you're only operating full-time, even if you're only operating part-time. So even if you're only operating your business part-time, you still want to have everything set up so that you can gradually make the transition from part-time work to full-time work on your own terms, if that's what your exit plan looks like. Right. Some of you might be cultivating an exit plan where you have one foot in and one foot out. You'll be working your own business part time and working whatever your day job is uh, part time or three quarter time. However, you're working that out. That's fine. But if you're moving towards um, an entrepreneurial project where you are solely going to be living off of the money that you bring in yourself, we would encourage you to take your time, build that plan and to do so gradually. So what are you going to be doing? Are you, what kind of, are you going to be selling something? Are you going to be offering something? What are your products going to look like? Are you going to have hard products? Like, are you selling notebooks as an example, right? Like if you're an educator, perhaps you're, you might sell something. It's a hard kind of planner notebook that you know just how to do because of the ways in which you understand pedagogy and those kinds of things. Are you going to be doing something that is 
digital? Are you going to be speaking workshops, right? There are all types of things you could be doing. And you want to be thoughtful and intentional about what you will do. And part of that is also knowing that you're going to have some ideas that don't work. (laughs) Some things you'll throw at the wall and it just won't stick. And so you want to think about that, that magical sweet spot between what your knowledge base is, what you know, what you're good at, what you can do in your sleep, what you are an expert in, right? What the world needs and will pay for, right? And that's not going to be one thing because of course we are multi-talented, fascinating, interesting people. And one of the burdens of multi-faceted, talented, interesting, educated people are that there are lots of things you can do. And that's fine. That's actually great and excellent. But you want to think about what it is you will do. What one, two, three, or four things will you be doing? And then you may have some ideas that don't work. And that's fine. And part of it's also being okay with that. Many of us are not good with ideas that don't work. That's not generally how the academy works, right? If you have a hypothesis that didn't work out, that's a problem. (laughs) If you have a goal to write something and you know get an article in a journal and it gets rejected everywhere, that's usually a problem. That's not the same way in the world of exit plans. It's fine to try something, not work, try it for X period of time, say, oh, it didn't work, and try something else, right? All within this magical sweet spot that you're going to be looking at with your exit plan. But you don't want to just fall into this, right? Like Takia said, you don't want to like go into that meeting, be like, I'm done, and walk out, you quit, call us at AB3 and say, can you help us? I mean, we can. But if you're thoughtful about this is what I think I'd like to do in this next phase of my life, this is what I'm excited about, and be intentional about that, that's the kind of thing that you would have as that content as you're in that ideal scenario Takia just talked about, where you might be growing what you're doing gradually. As you move towards developing your exit plan and thinking about how you're going to execute the various components of your plan, don't forget to line up mental health support. You will need it. Often when we are making career transitions, even if they're transitions that we are excited about, happy about, that can bring on a different kind of stress Even happy situations can sometimes cause stress in our lives. And for some of us, changing jobs also can create a kind of identity crisis, especially if it's a career that you work toward and that you've had for so long. And if you're pivoting out of that space and thinking about what you might do next, the questions about who am I and what are people going to think and what are my previous colleagues going to think? And when people ask me what I'm doing, what do I say? All of those things that might cause stress or anxiety or depression, it's really important that you have professional support lined up to help you. Now, yes to having your friends, yes to having support from your spiritual community, if that's a part of your life, yes to having people who will hold you and encourage you under, under whatever the circumstances are. But I'm really strongly advocating for you to think about how you're going to line up access and even in some instances pay for quality mental health support that you're going to need. Now, we're lucky that in 2024, there are a lot of low cost and no cost resources that you can tap into to support your mental health. I just don't want you to move forward in developing a plan without that particular consideration. 
Another consideration that is likely to occur, though it is one that we often don't want to think about, everybody in your life now isn't going to understand what you're doing or why. You know, you will hear comments like, but girl, you got a good job. You know, why would you leave that job? Girl, you seem to like what you do. Why would you, you know, everybody isn't going to understand why you might want to leave your lucrative, comfortable, highly paid position. When you start talking about the things that annoy you or that you're unhappy about at your job, um, you may be talking to people who in some ways can't relate and only wish they had to labor under the conditions that you're laboring. I would encourage you, we would encourage you to find some people to talk to who at least know how to listen and offer you compassion and support and not comparison and detraction from what it is that you are trying to do. It's not easy to make a career pivot at any point. I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about people I know. I'm thinking about sister friends I've had at various ages who've made changes in their careers and everybody had their challenges. You know, whether they were taking care of a parent or they are a parent or they deal with a chronic illness or they decided to pivot in a relationship they were in ended. I mean, life continues to go on while we make these plans. Life be life right in the middle of your exit plan. You might find yourself sick or going through some kind of status change. Life be life It happens to all of us. And so don't be surprised if sometimes the people that you're trying to talk to who have always been there for you, who have always supported you, don't understand what you're doing. It's not legible to them. It doesn't make sense to them. They think perhaps you've gone a little crazy. That's okay. One day they will understand or they won't. You'll be busy executing your new full, healthful, sustainable life. I say, we say, as long as your exit plan is pointing towards that, it's pointing you towards the life and a lifestyle that is better quality for you and allows you to do the work that you feel called to and make the impact on the communities with whom you want to serve, that's, got, that's the best thing. That's what matters most. And if you have people in your life who don't see it, one day they will or they won't. Either way, you'll be fine. Continue moving forward in executing your exit plan. Now, we've done this series about exit plans because we want you to know that you can have an exit plan, that you are not stuck where you are, because it's easy to feel stuck in whatever kind of situation you might be in. And I am a strong believer in people having options, like choices is my version of luxury, is being able to have options. And we, we believe that every Black academic woman has options that every Black academic woman is sitting on a treasure trove of knowledge. And if you want to share that with the world, you can do that through an exit plan. And one of the reasons why we operate in AB3 in a cohort model is to give us community in doing that. So you're not out here feeling like you're by yourself, <laughs> that there's nobody else walking this journey with you, even though each person's road is unique, you know, that you're on the same kind of path together and that, you know, we can be guides for you in that path. So that is one of the things that we can help you with in the brain trust is for those who actually are looking for developing an exit plan. Don't forget that we share this information with you about exit plan, because no matter the circumstances here at AB3, we want you to win. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AB3 Speaks. 
with Monica and Takia. We do this podcast because we want to serve and support Black academic women's entrepreneurial dreams. So subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. We read every one, and this will help others to find the show. If you're looking to take the next step in your career, go to blackademicbraintrust.com where you can join our amazing community and get our free resource on the 12 questions you should ask yourself before becoming a Blackademic entrepreneur. Our mission is to nurture your entrepreneurial dreams within and beyond the academy and build a business that both sustains and offers you freedom. We look forward to you finding and joining us at blackademicbraintrust.com because we want you to win. Thank you.